Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Weekly Pop. I'm Kevin Schwaller, a digital producer at Spectrum News in Milwaukee. And I'm Emma Sasek, a reporter for the Desert Sun in Palm Springs. How are you doing? Are you dying? You know what? Uh, 50% today, halfway. Mm. How Mm. about you? Yeah, I'm okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) I couldn't have asked for a better day to record then. (laughs) I know, right? There's a first time for everything, I guess. (laughs) I have to say, I got such restful sleep today. Ooh. Solid, like, nine hours. Oh, my God. I know. I think I got, like, six, but I'm not really tired. So, Mm. yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm still somehow tired after nine hours. (laughs) Joke's on you, bitch. (laughs) Every single day I sleep eight to nine hours, wake up like I've never slept in 32 years in my life. Haven't even reached 32 years. Oh, my God. And maybe you won't. (laughs) At this rate, honestly, no. We'll see. (laughs) Um, We talked a little bit about Emmy nominations last episode, two episodes ago. Yeah, right. Okay. I'm like, where are we? What day is it? (laughs) And uh, we, we had our predictions and Emmy nominations have since come out. So we figured we would talk a little bit about highlights and some snubs and everything in between (laughs) and yet another plug the next episode is gonna be the episode to end all episodes oh my god oh yeah that's next oh oh my god i'm seeing barbie this week oh yes we're all seeing barbie this week i know Uh, i still have to get my oppenheimer tickets get on that girl i know i really i really should i have to see it in imax oh yeah i have thursday and friday for my tickets oh i'll be doing wednesday thursday loser mm, i know <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that'll be exciting oh that's for this week that's so weird i i already see the title of the episode barbenheimer yep, <laughs> yep. spoilers <laughs> <laughs> but until that happens we're gonna dive a little bit into television again this week uh with the emmy nominations were what would you say were the biggest takeaways surprises i guess just for you right away I mean, didn't HBO end up with, like, the top three most nominations for their shows? Obviously, Succession. I know Succession came in first, but we literally said that. (laughs) We predicted that miles away. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, White Lotus and then The Last of Us. So they are just dominating the television sphere, which, I I mean, HBO has always been kind of that girl when it comes to television. But this is just crazy. (laughs) Yeah, no, correct. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was... Yeah, Succession received 27 nominations. Jesus, are there even 27 categories? <laughs> <laughs> they have like they have like three people in the best actor in a drama series. They have um for like the supporting actor, it's just Succession or just White Lotus. It actually is just those two. It's like White Lotus has four nominations in that category succession has three nominations what are these show what are, what is the television academy going to do next year when succession is no longer eligible i know it's actually like that with i want to say like something random like guest actor or guest actress every single um nomination is from either succession or the last of us mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's literally uh just max across the board i guess Actually, every almost every acting category literally is, yeah, just a mix of The White Lotus and Succession or Succession and The Last of Us. Like, it really is just 
that's boring. <laughs> it is. Uh, I feel like the Television Academy notoriously is a, a, is comprised of a very lazy viewing audience because <laughs> there is literally like six shows that are ever in any category. And I'm like, why are TV series coming out with like 5,000 episodes, 5,000 shows every single year if only six of them are going to get nominated? It's funny because I, I remember in the Emmys predictions podcast, you specifically said, oh yeah, Jeff Bridges has a show and I guess he'll be nominated for whatever that is. And then he was nominated for whatever that yes. is. <laughs> whatever the old man is, good for it. I still am not aware of what it is, though. No. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of, I guess, random ones for the most part, but we really did <laughs> get ev- almost everything right, I would say. Yeah, I I'm not sure what the Bad Sisters is, but that got a couple of nominations. So good job. I'm also really excited about Jenna Ortega getting a nomination. Yes. I wonder, I'm just trying to picture, again, just how the fact that Wednesday is a comedy. I know. (laughs) I know. Wednesday, uh, Barry, which is literally like a psychological thriller murder show. I, I am... I'm very sad that our girl Selena Gomez once again did not get nominated for Best Actress in a Comedy Series, uh, even though she is quite literally the funniest part of the show. And they literally always use her clips when they announce the show. Um, And then surprisingly, Steve Martin also didn't get nominated. Only Martin Short got nominated. And I I can't recall anything that Martin Short did. I didn't he have like a son storyline his oh, like yeah. his biological son that's kind of all that's coming to me <laughs> yes yes you're right to be fair this also came out I want to say last summer so mm-hmm. <laughs> the fact that we even vaguely remember something from last summer is really shocking <laughs> I'm just hoping that uh okay so like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel that one's gonna come out of the lineup uh probably poker face I don't know I don't know about a lot of these shows definitely dead to me will no longer be eligible since this is the final season so maybe that's how Selena gets in and also they have like 5,000 guest stars slash supporting cast members joining for this season like Meryl Streep and Paul Rudd and everybody that we mentioned uh the two previous episodes so I'm very hopeful that Only Murders gets to take over because it's such a great show and I cannot wait for it to come back next month yeah, and like you were saying with guest actors, I feel like because Nathan Lane was nominated for a guest actor for Only Murders, and I feel right. like I feel like he was last year too, and I think Jane Lynch was last year as well. Mm-hmm. So they all, yeah, they're just gonna <laughs> they're just gonna sprinkle in here and there. So hopefully Selena can get in for the first time, and yeah, Steve Martin not being nominated is really odd to me, but I guess they just didn't want to do anything with him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say that. Probably my favorite nomination is that the other two got nominated for Best Writing for a comedy series for, what was it, Carrie and Brooke go to an AIDS play? Yes, it was the AIDS play, which was the like funniest episode ever. Oh my god, a multi-day Broadway show where they're like going back to like the ancient times and how gay people have existed and how they eventually got AIDS or something like that. And people kept like every day for the next show, just kept like dressing down and down into like pajamas and just bringing pillows and stuff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, the, the other two ending its run with an Emmy nomination, so we can actually say it's an Emmy-nominated show, is fantastic. 
And that episode specifically is just so funny. <laughs> I know. As far as I'm concerned, that is the winner in this category. Sorry, Barry. Sorry, the bear. Sorry, jury duty. Sorry, only murders. And especially sorry, Ted Lasso, which is horribly written in the last season. Well, that's great. I mean, I'm surprised also about... I know I talked a little about Yellowstone, because isn't that ending? So I figured they would just give them something. I don't know right. who watches it besides my parents, but... Um, Elizabeth Olsen was also snubbed for Love and Death. And I think the show was too, right? Yeah, actually. Somehow only Jesse Plemons ended up being nominated among the cast members. Oh, come on. Yeah, I know. She was the best part. Don't even get me started. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, not again. (laughs) But we did get a Dominique Fishback nomination for Swarm, which we are so happy about that. Yeah, that was actually, honestly, I was like, a hit or, that was going to be a hit or miss for me. I figured, like, because it was a really um, critically acclaimed performance. But I just didn't know if people were going to sleep on it or not. So, yeah, her getting mm-hmm. in for that was fantastic. And I'm so happy for her. And like we talked about in that episode, if I ever saw her in person, <laughs> just from that character alone, it would just be like, run. Ah, yeah, run. <laughs> Another snub, though, was Harrison Ford for Shrinking, which, again, you nice. talked about and I did not know what that was but it is Harrison Ford so I feel like like a Jeff Bridges situation like he would just get in because of his name (laughs) I know and he honestly probably had like a really good chance of winning that category too I um like I said only watched the first episode and I wasn't necessarily impressed with the show but I saw a compilation of like some of his best scenes on Twitter the other day and he actually was really funny so I was like oh I am surprised that he did not get nominated for this Another actual snub for comedy, Saturday Night Live, the cast members, none of them were nominated for once. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, that's what I guess what happens when like all your big hitters leave the show basically at the same time. But yeah, <laughs> even with that being said, it's crazy. They always at least one person, you know, sneaks in there. Mm-hmm. Keenan Thompson was like always a mainstay. Kate McKinnon has won one at least once, if not multiple times um and then like Bowen Yang everybody would show up are those people all gone I think Bowen Yang's still on the show oh okay I'm pretty sure yeah because well I don't know I've not watched the show in a long time he was in the Selena Gomez episode that's how I'm basing this good very good yeah actually one more person I was hoping would get a nomination was Sarah Goldberg for Barry because she was truly the best part of the last season and she didn't oh yeah you talked about that she was your favorite part of the season. Mm-hmm. Mm. An egregious error on their part, if you ask me. <laughs> um, a big highlight, of course, is Jennifer Coolidge, who will probably end up winning for... Absolutely. Guests. Yeah, supporting actress in a drama. I'm just... Whenever she takes the stage, it's just going to be a... <laughs> going to be a hoot. <laughs> and, of course, we had a bunch of Abbott Elementary actors get in, like we, like we predicted. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph, of course, Chanel James, Tyler James Williams, obviously Quinta. So most of them got in there, but we're just really on a roll. I feel like we're on a roll with like like 80% of this. That's pretty high, if not more. Yeah, mm. I think so. Um, our girl Taraji P. Henson got Best Guest Actress nomination. I honestly feel like she'll probably take it. <laughs> we just always need more Taraji P. Henson in our lives. Oh, your show Daisy Jones and the Six got in. I think Riley it Q did didn't. too, right? Yes, Riley Keough, and uh, uh, one of the supporting actresses, too. She plays Camilla on the show. Or maybe that's her name. Oh, I don't know. I, wait. I can't recall. <laughs> Who? I don't think I even finished the show. What was her yes. name? Yes, 
The actress's name is Camilla Marone. I forget what her name is on the show. However, she was fabulous. So happy for them too. Who, who did she play? Or like, what was her she, character? She played the wife of the lead singer. The guy. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. great. <laughs> you have to finish it. I know. I think the worst part is I think I have one episode left. And I think, oh. I don't know if it was just like I had to go do something because I was binging the whole show. It's only what, like six or seven episodes. Mm-hmm. So I think I was watching it and then I had to go do something. And then I just entirely, it left the the hemispheres of my brain all entirely. <laughs> and I have an Amazon TV. So like anything that I watch on Prime comes up like first. It's like, oh, watch next or watch later or jump back in, you know. So mm-hmm. literally every time I turn on my TV, I see Daisy Jones and the Six. <laughs> sitting Fucking finish up. it! <laughs> I know, and then when I do, they actually leave the screen, so I actually should do it. Whoopsies! <laughs> you know, another Amazon show that I'm surprised didn't make it in was Dead Ringer with Rachel Vice, who is just hot. Yeah, <laughs> and great. <laughs> when when I went home a couple of weeks ago for my, uh, to see my parents, um, I think the mummy was on for a second. Oh my and god! And my mom was like, oh, "Rachel Vice looks so hot here," and I was like, "Actually, I think she's gotten hotter with age. She looks so good." <laughs> she is incredible. Did you? Speaking of, she was at Wimbledon the other day with yeah. Daniel Craig, her husband. They looked great. Emma Watson looked great. Ariana Grande and Little Miss Glinda the Good Witch hair looked yeah, amazing. Yeah, and she was like sitting with uh, Jonathan Bailey, I think his name is, who plays Fiero. Mm-hmm. It looked so cute. And also, she's getting a divorce. So, <gasps> did you see? You didn't see that? Oh my god, no, I didn't. So that happened one day, and then the literal next day, uh, it was announced that she's separating from. I think his name is Dalton Gomez. Like literally yeah. within 24 hours of those pictures coming out, TMZ released an article saying that she and him are separating. And I, well, because she's been in the UK for Wicked since like November or December, so they haven't seen each other in a hot minute. <laughs> uh, she was sitting right next to Andrew Garfield. So oh yeah, she was I, in the middle of them. I am so for that. I would love them. <laughs> She posted a bunch of pictures from Wimbledon, and I think most of them were with Jonathan Bailey. I don't know if she took like a cute selfie with Andrew Garfield. Either way, I'm like, pick one of them, pick both of them. I think Jonathan Bailey is gay, but it doesn't oh, even is matter. He? I read that the other day. Oh, see, I keep seeing tweets about that, but I think I thought people were just joking. <laughs> no. It literally said in an article, Jonathan Bailey, who is openly gay. Oh, and I was okay. like, is he? <laughs> I, I, I'm not even joking. I thought people were just replying, being like, oh, her gay best friend. I thought they were joking. <laughs> I didn't know he was actually on Bridgerton either. Wow. Yeah. Wait, that is so funny. <laughs> I thought that in order to be happy, I needed to be straight, said the out gay Bridgerton star. Oh, well. Okay, so it was Ariana Grande and her gay best friend. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway. All right. Emmys, Emmys, Emmys. Let's... <laughs> right. Wait, I can't get over that. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. We got Richard Jenkins in. A bunch of Dahmer, of course, was nominated, but like we talked about, we, we've interviewed Richard Jenkins in the past, and he was quite love a lovely, him. lovely old man. He was a great time to talk to. Absolutely love him. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe also got an Emmy nomination for Weird, the L. Yankovic story, which is actually really, really absurdly funny if you haven't mm. seen it. Yeah, it's very good. Isn't it like a Roku movie or something? Yes, it is. Probably the one time I've ever clicked play on the Roku channel. No, really. And I have a Roku. And I'm like, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we also got Nisi Nash Betts for Dahmer. And we love her from yes. Scream Queens. We love her literally in everything that she does. Yes. Uh, and yeah, there was a bunch of great 
a lot of writing nominations that I really liked. I guess we talked about the other two. I mean, I, I just love seeing the other two listed, like with Only Murders and with The Bear and mm-hmm. all that. I, we, have you watched Jury Duty? I've seen a few episodes of that show, yeah. I've had like virtually everybody I've ever met recommend Jury Duty to me. And I always see like ads for it. So I'm like, oh, this looks really funny. Like I would, I would watch this, but I didn't think it would be like an Emmy contender. I didn't realize right. it had this like power over mm-hmm. the television academy. So now I definitely will watch it, but I was very surprised. I was too. I I actually hadn't heard of it prior to James Marsden coming on an episode of Keep It where he talked about the show. And I was like, what is this? Because this sounds very funny and crazy since it's literally like everybody on the show knows that it's a show except for one person who is like in like a fake jury duty situation. And I've seen three episodes and I kind of want to just kind of skip to the end to see what like this guy thinks just because the scenarios keep getting crazier and crazier i remember some celebrity was talking about jury duty and was like i hope that guy's okay yeah (laughs) james marsden says that they keep in touch quite a bit and he said that he was actually the first person that he called when james got nominated so i thought that was very sweet that is sweet anyway for our for the most part we know that success succession will take up like 50% of the nominations for any given category, as well as The Last of Us or The White Lotus. I'm literally looking at best directing for a drama series and only two out of the seven nominations are not The Last of Us, Succession or White Lotus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like you talked about a little bit ago, it'll be interesting next year to see a year of an Emmy's world without Succession and without Maisel and... I mean, all that. I remember randomly, I brought up Elizabeth Moss, probably possibly getting nominated for Handmaid's Tale, and she did. And yeah. I was just like, see? <laughs> I I guess I have to get back into that show. I feel like that I have 50 seasons to catch up on at this point. I do know the last this next season is the last season. So I think when that comes out, I'll probably catch up too, because I haven't watched it in a hot minute. Mm-mm. Wait, this is so funny. Bob's Burgers and The Simpsons and Rick and Morty are nominated. And all I'm thinking about is the is Family Guy actively trying to campaign to get an Emmy and they just never have gotten one. I know. They literally have an episode called like the Emmy episode where they're just trying to feed into what the viewers want and what voters care for. <laughs> Why do you guys hate Family Guy? <laughs> they have won nine Emmys for Family Guy previously. So that makes me really happy. Wait, they have nine Emmys? Yes, oh. uh, Seth MacFarlane has won for his voiceover work, of course, our king. So is Alex Borstein for playing Lois Griffin. Actually, most of these are just Seth MacFarlane for voiceover performances. Oh, so probably they've never been nominated for like best animated series then? Yeah, from what I actually, um, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it wasn't actually for that, but they have like things like outstanding individual achievement in animation or this and that. But yeah, they, um, oh, wow, they won for best outstanding music and lyrics for Brian Wallows and Peter's Swallows for the song You've Got a Lot to See. Thank God. <laughs> they do have a nomination in 2009 for outstanding comedy series, which that's great that they got in for the overall comedy series. I will need to dig deeper into this. <laughs> Stand we'll, by. We'll, we'll, we'll do a Family Guy episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, Dolly Parton's Mountain Magic Christmas got nominated. <laughs> I cannot stop watching the Trixie and Katya episode. 
where they watch like that Dolly Parton Christmas special and Trixie like the mom knocks on the door and Trixie's like the whole hallway smells like (laughs) (laughs) and they both just absolutely lose it uh I need to I haven't watched those in a hot minute so I need to like binge just like however I don't think there's that many out at this point but I know there's at least like three that I probably haven't seen so I just need to like Mm -hmm. back to back to back just watch all the I like to watch episodes they did one for that the new Black Mirror, the first one with Selma Hayek and Annie Murphy, and then they have like actually a whole new setup where one half is pink, one half is red for Trixie and Katya. Oh so yeah, it's it's been very entertaining to watch. All right, we have we have derailed. We have gone forward, backward, sideways, upside down. Let's. What are your? Do you have any like overall final Emmy nominations thoughts? Well, uh, I guess the. A big part of our next half of our conversation is dealing with like the WGA and now SAG after strikes. And I've seen a lot of articles say that while the ceremony is scheduled for September 18th, they actually might have to delay it because of the strike. So I'm just very curious how all of that is going to happen. And also, if it does go through on the 18th, I feel like none of these people are going to be able to be in attendance. Yeah, they're not allowed to. You're not allowed to do any campaigning either. So this is going to be, this this is going to be fun. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But you, do you have any final thoughts on the nominations? I'm just happy that Only Murders in the Building was nominated for comedy series because Selena is an executive producer. So... That means she has several Emmy nominations under her belt for anything only murders for the overall comedy. <laughs> and I think, um, oh, my mind in me, her Apple TV movie was nominated, but she oh, it was for, funny. I think it was for either like writing or directing or something like that. So she is not nominated, but that means she has to go because if only murders and that movie are nominated, she has to be in attendance. Well, I guess we'll see, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, but overall, I think this is just, more of the same and I actually next year is going to be a lot more I feel exciting because it's just like I said like it's kind of like a post V post Game of Thrones one where it's like this whole new batch of TV can finally mm-hmm. get in the running so yeah next year's gonna be exciting but we'll even see if this year happens we'll see if this year happens and also just how many projects might be delayed next year because of the strikes and what's going to happen with that Ooh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, and like you talked about, when we come back, we will get into the WGA SAG after all this commotion that's happening and what that possibly means for the future of the entertainment industry. <laughs> Ooh, that's not really ominous. I know. <laughs> <laughs> In early May, the Writers Guild of America decided to go on strike after very contentious labor disputes with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, hoping to get a better deal when it comes to compensation and problems with AI taking over the industry. And that was bad, as is, because without writers, you don't have shows, you can't do a whole lot. Uh, And then just last week, the SAG-AFTRA Actors Union announced that they were also going to go on strike for more or less the same reasons. And it's the first time in, what, 60 years that both of these unions are on strike at the same time. 
it has caused a huge stoppage in TV shows and movies, all these productions, many of which we'll talk about. But this is kind of a disaster for studios and for producers. And it's great. <laughs> yeah, it is. Anyone in the union can't really do anything at this point. It's kind of everyone just at a standstill. Mm -hmm. Whether they're out striking physically or not, they literally are not allowed to do anything. And I'm actually kind of jealous of that. <laughs> is that a bad take? <laughs> Like, well, as I mean... <laughs> somebody who was on strike for uh, very recently, uh, it was kind of nice to not necessarily have to work, although I also was very stressed out during the entire time. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, anyone, they really can't, you can't really act, sing, dance, obviously write um, for any major studios. Obviously, this also means people are not getting paid, so... It's not going to affect the multimillionaires out there like a Meryl Streep or a Brad Pitt, all those people, but it does affect all of the extra people who maybe are like third, fourth, fifth, sixth build on a project. Um, definitely writers are not getting paid millions and millions of dollars either, unless you're like a, I don't know, a Ryan Murphy or someone huge like that. Most of the time, they're just hoping to have any thing that they contribute on a page to be used in a show so none of these people are getting paid they're they're doing it just because they hope that it leads to a better future and that is very scary for them so good for them for just going for it right and I mean in the meantime literally every single project in Hollywood is on pause <laughs> so those like Avatar movies that were already delayed 14 times are now <laughs> going to be delayed until I don't even know. I think we'll be dead by the time the last one comes out. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every like Marvel project, everything like even those like Star Wars shows. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, almost every single project in Hollywood is now halted for a long period of time. But I know like like the I know House of the Dragon can still film because I think it's anything in the UK, I guess, can still film. Okay. I don't Even if they're SAG members? I guess. Okay. I think I think under UK, it's like in the UK law. It's not, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so they have it a little bit differently. I think it's depending on probably per set, you know? I don't, mm. I don't, I don't, I'm not an expert. But, <laughs> we don't, I, no one is asking us to join SAG. <laughs> I remember they, um, they, there was an article about how House of the Dragon can still film because of certain laws. And before we started recording this, I was we we're talking about the Wicked movie, how they can still get around some aspects with people that aren't in SAG because it's being filmed in the UK. So I guess US law and UK law are different. Who would have thought? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep getting like flashbacks to the 2007, I think, writer's strike. Mm -hmm. And just in my head, I'm remembering like Desperate Housewives was... Uh, the season was reduced like five or six episodes because of the strike and all of this stuff. And I remember Grey's Anatomy, nice. every, every, t everything on TV, because that was when people were still watching TV. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, everything was just, it was just such a messy year. And there were all those like extra reality shows that came out because they needed to fill their slots. I remember a couple months ago, ABC released their fall lineup and like 99% of it was just new reality shows and I think they're going to air like Abbott Elementary reruns in the mm. time being because right. they really can't do anything else <laughs> no and I mean it's really concerning because the other day um I think it was Deadline who reported that they interviewed some studio executive or just somebody associated with uh 
studio and they said that they are not interested in negotiating with people until they start losing their homes and stuff and I'm like if you think that's going to give you any brownie points with people and the general public let alone the people who are on strike I don't know what idiot you are but I can't even imagine saying that out loud and thinking that would go over well with the general I know. public or just let alone like, the we're gonna writers. show them right like that's a that's a really bad thing to say that is terrible. We are going to promote homelessness. <laughs> right. Um, and we talked about it a little bit in the first half. This also means uh, actors specifically can't even promote their work. Yeah. So all this Barbie press tour, I'm happy that it happened before. <laughs> yeah. So for example, with like Oppenheimer coming out, I don't, I don't think anybody from the cast can be on the red carpet. I think. No, like- what happened was that like the, at the London premiere, they were, do, were do, taking photos on the red carpet and then they left the screening to like join the strikers oh, in solidarity, yeah. mm-hmm. which was crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, everything that's coming out, in the foreseeable future just any red carpet plans I don't think anybody can literally do the carpets except for (laughs) the directors I guess yeah the directors guild they were able to come to a contract uh, a few months ago like I think while it was still up in the air if the writers were going to strike I don't know what their contract looks like but if they're sitting back like shit maybe we shouldn't have done that (laughs) And I, we're such like award season junkies. So if for, for however long this goes on, we're not going to have anything to really look forward to with the world of award season, but also support the strike. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I know. And um, yeah, like maybe the Emmys are postponed. And if they are, like how long will this go on for? I think they're saying like they're hoping to have things figured out by Labor Day, which is what the first weekend in September. But I mean, that's still two months away. So that's a lot. Uh, by that point, what the writers have been on strike for two months already. So four months altogether. I can't remember how long they were on strike the last time, but I feel like it was also like five, six months, if not a little bit less. Yeah, and even if it's just a couple of months, like even the Oscars are probably going to be delayed to some extent now because oh, there's no God. way that, yeah, I mean, there's literally no way award season can't do anything without campaigning. So the strike could end, could go on for the rest of the year or could even end by the time this episode even comes out. We don't really know. Like, we don't yeah. know what kind of agreements are going on because we also don't really know technically what exactly was happening besides this kind of like boiling up behind the scenes for you know however many years like you Mm -hmm. talk about like it's been the first time in 60 years since they're both on strike together Mm -hmm. obviously you know Hollywood's known for toxicity and really (laughs) um, negative behind the scenes environments that's been made very clear at this point so we can only assume that you know it's just been building up and when SAG after joined it just I think brought it to a whole extra level that is putting a lot more eyes on it because now you're seeing like I just saw Hillary Duff was out in the streets playing what <laughs> dreams are made of on her phone. Oh my God. <laughs> While she was like uh, picketing with everyone. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, they were showing the other day. Uh, I think it was the cast of Orange is the New Black was talking about their residuals that they get from streaming. And one of the women who played, I think her name was Zozo on the show. Zozo, mm. something like that. She showed that her residual check was $27. And I was like really Uh, oh my god (laughs) I know and some other guy was saying that he was um I don't know what show it was but he was like six build or something like that oh it was a doll face on Hulu and he said that for two episodes he got paid I think maybe like fifteen thousand dollars and then like 
this much was taken out for the manager, the agent, the this and that. And he was like, I have two kids. If I don't have this money, then like, I don't know what we're supposed to do. And it just, I think it was good for those people to show people like, yeah, we're not all getting hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like the people who get that are uh, people like um, people on Grey's Anatomy. Uh, if, I'm totally blanking on her name right now. Ellen, Ellen Pompeo. Ellen Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Ellen Pompeo, who is a series regular, like she is the she is the show. She's the one who's getting paid lots and lots of money. And then all these other people who might come in every so often are just in the background. The other that's a whole different story for them. Well, and literally, like you just said, like anyone that isn't necessarily top build and, you know, a little bit lesser known and, you know, whatever reasons. It's sad, though, because you're going to need those top build people to kind of be out striking with them to kind of keep the public interest and put that pressure on them. So you're like, yes, this doesn't really affect the A-listers, but we need the A-listers to like still be out there yeah. and <laughs> striking with them just because that'll, like I said, definitely put some extra pressure on these people. And yeah, if they start doing it, like I said, who knows, this could have this could end even by the time this comes out or it'll end in nine years from now. <laughs> Great. There's just no content. <laughs> listen, I'm as long as Vanderpump Rules stays on TV and I get my housewives, listen, whatever happens around me in those environments, it's OK, as long as I have those things to fall back on. Are are those girls a part of SAG after? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because it's like people are going to have to turn again, look to reality TV and all these new really stupid like game shows that are going to come out in the meantime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But maybe, maybe housewives and Vanderpump rules will get even more attention now because in, in a couple months, those are going to be the only things on TV. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm going to finally have to watch the latest season of selling sunset, which I refuse to because Christine is not on the show anymore. I know. See, I've been striking before the writers. I've been striking <laughs> selling sunset and <laughs> to get Christine to come back. <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah no it's um it's a it's kind of a big deal definitely over ten thousand workers in the writers guild and there's at least a hundred and fifty thousand if not more in sag i was reading mm. so this is just yeah this is a really messy time for hollywood and like we just talked about with the oppenheimer screening people walking out uh any big budget studio films that are coming out from now until probably the end of the year it's just going to be a really strange time because you're, no one's gonna be able to promote these movies and some movies are gonna be box office flops that probably weren't supposed to be mm -hmm. like a lot of the ones that i saw at con like the killers of the flower moon or the may december i don't know necessarily when they come out i know killers is in october i think may december is in november so if this is still going on by that point yeah you're not getting interviews with leonardo dicaprio or natalie portman or any of those people unless they did them beforehand which thankfully they did before the film festival yeah at that point like are people even going to watch those movies are they going to know about them probably not because most people aren't as in tuned as we are and as like a bunch of other people are yeah people are just going to have to start tuning into weekly pop just to get their latest pop culture and entertainment updates well i suppose we are the two best for the job after all <laughs> Zach said that like the negotiations were going fairly well for them, like leading up to before all of this. And then um, either things stalled or Fran Drescher, who gave like a very impassionate speech uh, to announce the strike. She was saying that like they gave a quote unquote revolutionary proposal for AI, which was basically like, we will scan your face and use it for however we see fit and you don't like get to consent to it whatsoever. And it's like, who would agree to that? You could do anything with AI these days. And even 
years before that like i'm thinking of like the star wars movies after carrie fisher died any oh, yeah. older characters that you know they brought back for these reboots for a couple of years ago they did they used um ai on a lot of people a lot of characters mm-hmm. to kind of bring them back still and there was like major debates about that too mm-hmm. so this is and this was years ago so now the ai is at this point where literally i'm on tiktok and seeing glee covers in ai you know what i mean of like modern songs it's like what the fuck (laughs) i don't need that actually i i don't need to see i don't know like audrey hepburn coming back from the dead in some movie like that's being filmed five years from now but also why would we even want to see that in the first place that's what i don't really get either and having them even just like with ai like with even with writing it's like why are we relying on some kind of technology instead of really talented and creative writers Yes, quality work (laughs) I mean all AI can do in terms of writing is just like mash together things that have already been done before like it doesn't come up with some creative brand new original thing it's like oh I'll take something from this movie and this tv show and put it together and it probably is going to be bad (laughs) as it usually is Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah this is a messy situation and I feel like I don't know I feel like people don't realize it because especially like we were just talking about like the 2007 writer strike like I remember that we were we were mm-hmm. 12 you know whatever however old we were and I'm just like I feel like more people should be talking about this because this is definitely a bigger deal this time around than in 2007 because now we have it SAG is. on board <laughs> it is I mean I'm sure a lot of shows like Succession all these things that wrapped up and are done they're like oh thank god we finished up with that but so many other things are going to be delayed that's why I'm curious like what does the uh tv and film landscape look like for next year and the year after that like all of that is going to be so postponed already the oscars are way too late in the year if you ask me i do not need them to be in june of next year no also we're just now catching up from covid I know. so it's like fuck this <laughs> but also That's with fine. that be- with that being said though team strike like everything should be worked out in these people's favors yes, yes it's a little bit of an inconvenience but Support the strikers, and every time I see, have you seen like Rachel Bloom out there? And she was like singing some songs from Crazy Ex Girlfriend in a microphone. I was like, "You tell them, girl." And this was because she was the writer, because she's in the Writers Guild too. So that was before the SAG after got on board. So she'll be out out there for months to go. (laughs) I remember seeing the Abbott Elementary crew at Mm. like some WGA strikes, obviously. Quinta Brunson wrote the show. Um, I saw Ted Lasso people. So yeah, as you were saying, the more bigger name people who are actually out and picketing. Uh, I saw Mandy Moore and like Olivia Wilde at the SAG strike oh, yeah. picket line. So it's like, yes, have these millionaires come out here and show their support because they're good, but everybody else, not so much. You know, I keep seeing some like conversations on Twitter saying like we shouldn't be going to the movies we shouldn't be watching this stuff and I feel like that goes against everything because one the unions never said to like boycott movies or like going to the theaters second I do still want people to get paid who have worked on those projects so like I want to contribute to box office sales that will eventually lead to people getting paid and money yeah and like you were talking about residuals like I know it's not that much and actually while you were talking about that I totally forgot I was just watching an interview because now it's just like the world of streaming mm-hmm. that residuals are even smaller for a lot of people yeah. but it's still better than nothing you know yeah. so it's like sure I'll go spend you know $12 on a movie ticket speaking of by the way while we were on break I did actually buy my Oppenheimer ticket for less than $12 so 
there you Thank go. We did that on the break. Thank you. That is all settled. <laughs> Barbenheimer is confirmed for next week. <laughs> but yeah, no, of course. I mean, I feel like in general, we should still be supporting the arts at the, all at the same time, supporting the reasons for people going on strike. Yeah. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, if you don't want to, you don't have to. If you do still want to go and write stuff about movies or do podcasts about movies, go for it. And I think you and I will be doing that because, yeah, these people still need to get paid. Yeah, I, that's yeah, that's a take that I was not familiar with. I guess, yeah, I get why some people might think that, but I think it comes down to your personal preference. It's not, yeah. it's not really that deep if you go see a movie or not. So <laughs> People on Twitter were just getting up in arms as they usually are. Yeah, what else is new? Mm. Mm. And when we come back, we can get into our What's Poppin' highlights of the week. So, Emma, what is your what's poppin' highlight of the week? I'm so glad you asked. It was <laughs> one that you informed me of very uh, rec- recently. And by that, I mean half an hour ago. Uh, <laughs> the Others, a great Nicole Kidman psychological thriller drama psycho- psychosis. Yes, shake your hair. <laughs> I'm literally dancing while you sl- while she's listed all those things. It's such a good movie. Uh, that is going on the Criterion Collection, and it gets... I love the photo for it because it's her with a single tear running down her cheek. And that is iconic in and of itself. But this entire weekend, I was watching a bunch of Criterion Collection movies like Persona, um, Jules et Jim, and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Just a, just was going down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Oh, and you watched I like know. two of my favorite movies. Which ones? Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and Persona. love it persona no idea what that movie is on but i love it that was crazy i can't even believe that 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 came out what the 60s i think Mm -hmm. and it's that like fucked up and confusing and it's Mm -hmm. just like oh my god yeah i love that movie i haven't seen it in a bit but i love gentlemen for blondes it's so fun it is actually i just heard diamonds are a girl's best friend when i was out earlier and i was like oh great (laughs) But yes, it was a very fun weekend. So uh, I guess if people are curious what to watch, if they don't want to necessarily go to the theaters, get the Criterion Collection. It has great movies on there. Great old movies, some new ones too. It's a great place to just catch up on some classics if you haven't done so. It's a streaming platform as well as like physically buying DVDs. Yeah, isn't the streaming one, isn't it pretty cheap? I think it's like 10 bucks a month. I, okay. I don't pay for it. Sam does. So Great. thanks, Sam. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Yeah, I used to have it for like a free trial and I watched like 20 movies on it. I was like, oh, these, these movies have been on my watch list for years. Yeah, I, I definitely. Know. Maybe, maybe I'll, it's time for me to enter a new email to get a different trial. Exactly. No, they <laughs> have really good ones. A bunch that say like leaving this month. So you know, like what to catch up on. Um, and they have like different collections too. So like if you know that you have like Ingmar Bergman, for example, if you want to watch all of his movies, you can just surf through that. So very fun, entertaining way to spend a weekend, if you ask me. That's hot. <laughs> uh, and what is your what's popping for this week? I just want to give a shout out to one of my favorite queens, Lindsay Lohan. She just <laughs> gave birth and her pregnancy photo shoots were gorgeous. And she kind of had her little uh, renaissance a couple months ago with that Christmas Netflix movie. Yes. She went on like a crazy press tour for that. Like she was in every single like t- nighttime show. It was crazy. She was like all over. But then she, yeah, I think back in March, she confirmed that she was pregnant. 
And I am so sorry for butchering her child's name, but she gave birth to a son, Luai, 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 L-U-A-I. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, if if he ever listens to this pod. <laughs> Sorry, Luai. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's her and Bader Shamas is her husband. It's their first child. And just the fact that Lindsay Lohan has a baby is crazy to me. This is like, a, this is nostalgic. She's, she's our early 2000s queen. <laughs> I know. They grow up so fast, our little icons. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so happy for her. Obviously, she has gone through a number of struggles in life and also the media landscape was never very friendly to her no. uh, many many bad moments like letterman that one interview where he's just an asshole to her but i'm glad that she is like emerging through has just having a good time and now has a little baby that's so sweet yeah i think it was like her paris and britney and they all went through the ringer with the media so the fact that yeah. you know britney is now releasing her new book which now that i'm oh, saying yes. it should be my what's popping but oh well uh, and Paris had this major comeback and had like a cooking show. She's now like a DJ and she's just really all over the place. And she had her own book too and revealed a lot of, of personal stuff about, you know, growing up. Oh my up God, yeah. Right. And so I'm happy that these three women specifically amongst, you know, hundreds of others who the media has shamed over the years are kind of having like this like comeback and they're in these better places now after these rocky roads like you were talking about. It's just great to see them, you know, all kind of shine in different ways and have people realize, you know, that they were treated very unfairly back, you Mm -hmm. know, 20 years ago. (laughs) Maybe we shouldn't have the paparazzi shoving their cameras up these people's asses and under their noses at all times. And then these people can live their life how they want to and make mistakes without feeling like it's the worst thing that anybody has ever done. We have a movie coming out about somebody dropping an atomic bomb. I feel like that's worse. (laughs) Yeah, remember that? <laughs> but it was made by a man, so never Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, where were the paparazzi photos for Oppenheimer? God. <laughs> uh, all right, let's wrap this one up. <laughs> like we said earlier, we're so excited for the next episode. This was a pretty good episode too, but I already can't wait to fast forward to the next one. I know, by the time this episode comes out, I'll have seen both Barbenheimer Oh, I guess, does that make sense? I've seen both movies that make up Barbenheimer. <laughs> and I will have seen Barbie. And then later in the day, I will have seen Oppenheimer. So we're thriving. Yes, yeah, so it's crazy to even think about it. Ooh, I'm excited. Ooh. Alrighty, this has been another episode of Weekly Pop. I'm Kevin Schwaller. And I'm Emma Sasek. And we will see you here next week. 